You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's another episode of Sports Yet Podcast. Who types this stuff? Just run it, hit play, hear it, get it done with. I'm Jim Shorts. I'm an icon. The class of 2019 Indiana sports writer and sportscasters Hall of Famer Chuck Freebie. And the other butt monkey. Who cares? Hit the subscribe button. I'd hate to miss a second of this junk. Sports Yet, the podcast. Now that's good. Now turn it off. this on the way in this morning you listen to a 90s channel yeah and you you don't like well first of all who who doesn't want to wake up and hear a song about a loser okay you know this is great he's been the star of many plays yeah right i don't think you've been the star of anything you're working at the dollar store okay you haven't been the star of anything and you're basically writing a song about how you're at the bottom of the dung heap. I'm pretty sure I played this song a thousand times. Never really listened to what he was singing until you read me the lyrics this and, morning. And then I read you the lyrics. and I, I never knew he said that. Just hideous. Hideous stuff. But, you know, you get that catchy hook in there. And it's like, oh, this isn't that bad. But then you read me that. And I was like, eh, maybe it is that bad. It, it's that bad. <laughs> and the bottom drops out. Well, the bottom dropped out of that song the moment they published it. <laughs> Another example of 90s music. Oh, we could, get, we could do a whole podcast on my hatred for 90s pop music. By the way, everybody, welcome to episode number 71 of Sports Yak. I'm Chuck Freebie alongside Corey Mann. From South Bend, Indiana, you know where that's at. I don't. It's Sports Yak with Corey Mann and Chuck Freebie. I'm the booth announcer, Jim Shorts. Sports Yak! Uh, do we have a uh, who we would like to dedicate this 
episode two. Well, you know, I didn't realize that we had already started recording the oh, podcast. Man, we we so. jump right in, baby. We get right in there. We throw some elbows. The people want to know, though, how are you on a scale of one to ten? Um, I would say that I'm about a six right now. Okay. You know, I'm I'm passable. I can get through the day. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Wednesday, I got a nice little 24-hour bug about 2 in the afternoon. Unfortunately, I was supposed to see Jim Gaffigan on stage that night. That, <clears throat> unfortunately, could not happen uh, for the sake of all at the Moore Civic Auditorium. On the scale of 1 to 10, when you finally decided, I can't go see Jim Gaffigan, how upset were you? Very. Full-blown 10? I nine nine yeah Ugh. I wasn't strong enough to give it a ten. <laughs> let's uh, you know, let's let's see where else he's at, just in case. Noble it, ape tour dates, and did you hear from but, people? Was was he good? Oh I, yeah, the the people that used our tickets, and and you know, it's a it's a nice story. I'm not patting ourselves on the back, but we gave it to a family that has undergone some adversity. And they all enjoyed. Okay. And uh, even even the son, who is still in a great deal of pain and in a wheelchair, enjoyed him immensely. Now, so, this is fascinating. He's he's nowhere near where you're going to get no, to be. No, no. And of I, course ap- not. I apologize on his behalf. Uh, well, but get this mid March, Beijing, Shanghai, Hong Kong, Bangkok, Singapore, Tokyo, Seoul. His comedy that that is that is amazing. I mean, are they going to get? I'm I'm not sure that they will, but God bless him for trying it. Yeah, that's fascinating that he can take his his act over there, and it it. uh... I guess they like bacon in those countries too. (laughs) Yeah, I see what you did there. You know, I thought about uh, before I heard that you were sick and that you weren't going. Were you hopeful that you'd hear some of the greatest hits bits? Oh yeah. Or did you know that comedians usually don't revisit? Oh, I I understand that, but I thought there could be, especially with it being Ash Wednesday, I thought there could be some bacon references or or some sort of twist on that just to. Mm-hmm. I took my wife to see Bill Cosby a handful of years ago before all of the. <laughs> uh, and, when, uh, when he was the beloved Bill yeah, Cosby, and we went to a matinee. And two and a half hours, he was fantastic. But in the back of my mind, I was praying and hoping for chalk the cake. Sure. And it, it you know, yeah. but it's like, you know, it's it's interesting that a comedian moves forward with their stuff where a Rolling Stones, they're going to play the hits. Now, the funny thing is, you know, for comedians now, the big thing is Netflix. Yes. Being on Netflix, uh, saw one with John Mulaney last night. You like him? The here's the criticism I have of John Mulaney. I think he's relatively funny. Uh, there's he could take the profanity out of his act and he would be just fine. Yes, I agree. Occasionally, an artist can use profanity and it enhances the act. And mm-hmm. I I can't think of one right off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but occasionally it can happen. 90% of the time, it's unnecessary. And certainly in the case of Mulaney, his stuff would be funny enough without it. He doesn't need to throw it in there. I've heard many comedians like him say it's tough working clean. It is very tough. It's it's a harder act because that's the easy fallback is to drop an F-bomb right. or 
whatever. That's the easy laugh. But uh, I agree with you. Uh, I could only handle about 10 minutes of him on the Netflix show. And I was like, eh. The cussing uh, gets, gets old. Boy, when I was younger, I loved Eddie Murphy. Sure. But holy cow, I think that's where I learned how to cuss. Yeah. You know, the, oh, yeah. uh, was it Eddie Murphy comedian or Raw? Probably Raw. Well, either one of those, man. Woo! <laughs> Richard Pryor was another one. Yes, yes. Uh, who else did I like? Sam Kinison? Oh, well, uh, yeah, that was uh, almost Kinison's whole act. I, uh, boy, I'm going to, you're going to lay into me for this one. I loved Pauly Shore. When he first came uh, out, that makes one of us. I thought he was hilarious, and now I, I I've listened to it since then. It's like, what was I thinking? That one does not stand up. <laughs> I listened to a lot of comedy records. Well, I did too when I was a kid, and I had that Cosby comedy record and memorized. I, it, right? it would oh, it would put me into hysterics. Bill Cosby himself, if I remember yes. correctly, that was the and and I would be in hysterics in my room yeah. listening to that. Oh. You'd memorize it the next day on the bus or on the playground. You'd kind of rattle it off to your friends and <laughs> buck, buck, number one, here comes Fat Albert. Oh, I love that stuff. By the way, today's episode 71 here of Sports Jack, dedicated to Jenny Malkin, the former Pittsburgh Penguin who played on three Stanley Cup champs with Sidney Crosby. <laughs> Sharpshooting center from Russia. Get out of the way. Evgeny, E-V-G-E-N-I, Malkin. Okay. Howdy, everyone. This is Derek from Big and Tall Outlet in Elkhart. The Major League Baseball season is just around the corner, and we are excited for it to start. As we all prepare for the 2019 season, it's important to have our wardrobes ready. We at Big and Tall Outlet carry long and short-sleeve MLB t-shirts, hoodies, and even some jackets in sizes large, tall, up to 6X. Most of the teams that we regularly carry are located in the Midwest, like the Chicago Cubs and White Sox, St. Louis Cardinals, Detroit Tigers, Milwaukee Brewers, Cleveland Indians, Cincinnati Reds, and the Pittsburgh Pirates. But every now and then you'll be able to find an item for the Angels or the Yankees, or any team in between. And the best part of it all is that we sell them all for half of the manufacturer's suggested retail price. We are always posting great items to Facebook, Twitter, and to BigAndTallOutlet.com. So check us out there. Please visit us at 1333 South Napanee Street in Elkhart at BigAndTallOutlet.com. Or you can always give us a call at 574-293-0111. And tell us that you heard it on the Yak. All right, let's get things underway. Let me grab my sheet here, my script, my playlist. Well, and... let's start with a little college basketball. Indiana looks like a completely different team with a healthy Robert Finnessy. Now, it helped last night that they were playing a completely pathetic team in Illinois. Mm-hmm. My gosh, is Illinois bad. How bad are they? Well, I believe they're now 11-18 and 18 on the year. Mm. That's how bad they are. They're bad enough that they lost to Notre Dame earlier this year. That's how bad they are. Um, Indiana goes in there and rides roughshod on the Illini, wins at 92-74. First three-game win streak of the year for the Hoosiers. That's somewhat hard to believe. And they remain a team that seems to be on the bubble for the NCAA tournament. I know Fox Sports 1 did the game last night, and on TV, their, uh, their version of the bracketologist has Indiana just outside the field for the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. Of course, that could change if the Hoosiers can make 
a bit of a run in the Big Ten tournament. They've got Rutgers at noon on Sunday on 103.1 FM. That's at home. You've got to win that game. And then I think IU has to win at least one, if not two games in the Big Ten tournament in order to make the NCAA tournament. As we've talked about before on this show, they have a lot of big-name wins. Two wins over Michigan State, wins over Louisville and Marquette. I mean, you look at the teams that they're able to beat, and you say, yeah, they they are a talented group, but some of the losses they have are just forehead smackers. When we got out of the movie last night, Captain Marvel review coming up in just moments, about 9.35, I could tell without hearing the score that they were winning because Don Fisher's exuberance was mm-hmm. coming through like we're finally winning some games. Yeah. And he actually called a really good game. But that was that was good stuff. Oh, Fish, he's he's tremendous. I I hope uh, at my Hall of Fame induction event on April 7th. He was there 2 years ago when I got the Sportscaster of the Year award. Okay. Not because of me, but just because he he's there. an Indiana Sportscaster. And it it would be nice to have him there because that's that's one of the voices of my childhood. Yeah. If he is there and you see him, I will say thank you. You say thank you? Oh, yeah. Okay. I actually mentioned him two years ago when I got Sportscaster of the Year. I said I didn't realize Don Fisher had retired. <laughs> How'd that go over? Oh, and got, yeah. a good, got a good yuck. Uh-huh. On the women's side. Women start their ACC tournament quest today. Notre Dame will play North Carolina, a team that beat them in the regular season down at Chapel Hill. This game not that far from Chapel Hill down in Greensboro, North Carolina, about an hour away from the triangle there in Carolina. And the Irish have some motivation in this ACC tournament. Not only the fact that they're playing a team that beat them during the regular season, might play another one tomorrow in Miami, but the fact that a lot of the bracketologists for women's basketball have Notre Dame being shipped out to Portland as the number one seed, but out in Portland and have Louisville staying closer to home as the number one seed in Chicago, which would make you think that people somehow think Louisville is better than Notre Dame, even though Notre Dame beat them in the regular season. Right. So if Notre Dame wants to play in Chicago for its NCAA bracket, they need to go win the ACC tournament. Okay. That happens this weekend. That happens this weekend. The first game is Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock on Pulse FM. Saturday's semifinal will be at noon on Pulse FM. Sunday's championship at noon on 92.1 and 96.9. Of course, all of those uh, subsequent games would be assuming the Irish win. Okay. Michigan Madness has delivered a wonderful high school tournament this year, and, and one of the great stories, the Cassopolis Rangers. 30 years to the day that they won their last regional. They win one last night. They beat Schoolcraft 62-51. to Tyrese Hunt Thompson. Folks, if you don't know him, you should because he's one of the great athletes of Southwest Michigan. He put 30 on the board, had 15 in the first quarter when the Rangers were really struggling for offense, and he got some help. Last night, uh, there's a sophomore, last name, first name Braden, last name Saxton. You'll want to remember this young man's name, too. He's a tremendous player. He had 21-17 in the second half 
and Cassopolis comes from behind to beat Schoolcraft 62-51. So now uh, Ricky Evans' squad heads into the quarterfinals, the Elite Eight of the Michigan Division Three tournament, and they're playing the number two team in the state. It's out of Powamo. I can't remember um, the name of the team, but it's from Powamo, Michigan. And uh, good luck to the Rangers. They're just playing terrific ball. They've done it with defense. They're holding opponents to less than 50 points a game, and they did it again last night. Uh, the Schoolcraft did well. They got 51, but 62-51 to 51 the final, and the Rangers go to the Elite Eight for the first time in 30 years. And I bet you they're having a blast, because if I remember correctly, Cassopolis is a small school. It's, it's like a small four, school. Like 430, I think. Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, you know, times have been tough. There's not, not a lot of businesses in the town. Right. So, um, but these kids have just played terrific basketball this season. That's awesome. Benton Harbor, Tigers are done. Yeah, they lost to Hudsonville Unity Christian. I, I don't admit to knowing much about Hudsonville mm-hmm. Unity Christian, so I can't tell you just what they did in this game other than they must have played great defense because Benton Harbor only scored 54 points Mm. and uh, final score was 63-54 so the Tigers bow out the defending state champs knocked off in the regional finals great year up there 22-2 Carlos Johnson had 21 points but he nobody else was in double figures just didn't get enough help still a, a great run by Corey Sterling's ball club Got a tweet from at Catania1976. Thanks for the shout-out on the last episode of Sports Yak. Also, I heard about Zach Goodline's tweet from Magic Johnson through you first. Keep up the good work. Well, we try to stay on top of these things. I mean, I will admit we, we need to have a greater presence up in Michigan. I'm hoping that next year we can get up there for a football game and maybe another basketball game or two. Uh, but I do try to cover the Michigan athletes that – that's something that I picked up from back in my WNDU days and have a lot of great connections up there and enjoy going up there yeah. to uh, to see things and, and cover things. Yeah, both of our stations, you know, they, they reach up there, you know. Yeah. I grew up watching TV 46 in St. Joe and, and uh, Stevensville. Saturday in Indiana, oh, basketball, 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 basketball. For a basketball purist, it's probably the best day of the year because – you can sit around and see three games in one day. Yes, let's do that. Uh, so let's take you on over to Michigan City where they'll have a gym that seats 7,300. And I don't know how full it will be, although I believe there will probably be a great deal of people from at least Chesterton, Middlebury, and Munster. You pen people, you got to come out. You haven't been there very much all year. No. Uh, I guess they did come to senior day and, and show up there. But Penn takes on Chesterton in game one. This is just a fascinating matchup to me. You've got a Chesterton team that hasn't won a sectional since 1987. They weren't supposed to win this one, and they've done it with defense. Uh, they got a coach named Mark Urban who came over three years ago, was the girls' coach at Lake Central High School. Okay, uh, He was a manager at Indiana State under Royce Waltman. Now, you IU fans will remember Royce Waltman was an assistant for Bob Knight and a big confidant of Bob Knight. Royce went over, took over the Indiana State team in the early part of the 2000s, and Mark Urban was a manager for him, so he was influenced somewhat by him. And Mark 
in his brief high school coaching career between Lake Central Girls and Chesterton Boys has now won three sectionals in seven years. So he must be doing something right. So you've got this defensive-oriented team from Chesterton taking on a very offensive-oriented team from Penn that scores about 75 points a game. And, of course, they've got guys like Drew Lutz and Bo Ludwig and Noah Applegate and, and the unsung hero, Keegan Hoskins, these four seniors. And it should be a great matchup. It's at 11 o'clock Eastern time tomorrow in Michigan City. You can watch it live on our 46 Sports Facebook page. And then you can watch it on TV 46 tomorrow afternoon at 4. That is followed by Northridge and Munster. It's funny, you know, if you read the newspapers up in the region, as they call it, okay, the northwest corner of the state, uh, you would think that Northridge is something of an afterthought. But Northridge has won 12 games in a row. And Scott Radiker is a veteran coach. He did a great job down at Lafayette Jeff. Now he's up here at Northridge. He's rallied this team. They're playing very good basketball. They play pretty good defense. And it that should be a great matchup, too, which could lead, for the folks in our listening area, hoping for a Penn-Northridge final. You ever been to Munster High School? I've not been to Munster High School, no. I've been there for a Penn-Palm squad uh, competition a few years back. Nice gym. Nice gym, well, it's, but... It's a uh, thriving community. Yeah, pretty big. So that's the 4A regional over at Michigan City. I don't expect Culver Academy to have too much trouble in its regional over at South Bend, Washington. They play Hanover Central in the opener. The second game is Hammond and West Lafayette. Uh, Culver Academy hammered West Lafayette by 33 in the regular season. And to be honest, there's not a team in that bracket that will challenge them as much as the teams that they played in the sectional over here at Jimtown High School last week. Mm -hmm. So I expect them to cruise. Tippecanoe New Valley's got its hands full. They play top-ranked Delta down in the regional at Marion. Uh, good luck, <laughs> good luck there to Tippy Valley. But Delta has been a juggernaut this year, and they're undefeated. Two-way Westview shouldn't have any trouble with Bluffton. In the opener down there, the the other game down there is a very interesting one between Andrean and Marquette, a couple of Catholic schools doing battle with each other. Whoever comes out of that could give Westview a challenge in the regional final. Would love to see Rob Yoder's team get to the semi-state for the second straight year. And then in 1A, that's a very interesting regional down at Triton. You've got Argus is taking on Covenant Christian. They're ranked Argus is ranked number seven. Covenant Christian is ranked number ten. Covenant Christian out of Demott, Indiana, a town that you're becoming more and more familiar with. Oh, since that's you... where my future son-in-law went. Yeah. Okay. That Covenant Christian. Yeah. And uh, the winner of that one more than likely gets to tangle with top-ranked Fort Wayne Blackhawk in the finals. Fort Wayne Blackhawk put up some amazing numbers in the uh, in the sectional. Let me see if I can call these up real quick because. They they score at just an alarming rate. Let me go to my uh, quick regional page here. This is the beauty of the Internet is that I don't need that much time to vamp if I can scroll quickly. So here we go. Fort Wayne Blackhawk in the sectional. Here were their offensive totals in the sectional. Are you ready, Corey? Okay. They scored 94 against Lakeland Christian, 114 against Hamilton, and 99 against Fremont. <laughs> This isn't a 32-minute high school game. Wow. 
good luck to the Dragons, but they got their hands full tomorrow. Can I say shout-out to Westview, student body. Did you see what they did at the game the other day? No. Moses comes out. Oh, the parting of the... Parting of the Red Sea and all the kids move. That's the first time I've ever seen that. And I thought, good for you, Westview. Oh, yeah. Getting some uh, internet numbers on that video. That was awesome. No, they they get terrific support. The folks at North Judson, they best be ready because they're going to get an onslaught of people coming down from Topeka. And, of course, those people who are coming down the buggies may have started today. <laughs> NBA last night. Or the Bucks, no problem with the Pacers. Uh, what was the final score that I've got there? One seventeen to ninety-eight, and Giannis Antetokounmpo had twenty-nine points. And Milwaukee continues to look like uh, they could be the beast of the East. I know a lot of people are impressed with Boston. The Celtics have had a very good week out on the West Coast. They smashed the Warriors earlier in the week by thirty. They won a nail biter with the Kings. Gordon Hayward is playing better. The interesting thing about Gordon Hayward playing better right now for the Celtics is the fact that Kyrie Irving isn't playing at all, and many people think that might be the reason that Gordon Hayward is playing better or and that the Celtics are playing better. Uh, I'm not sure that the Celtics can make the run to the NBA Finals if they don't have Kyrie Irving playing well. But I think one thing that you learned last night from that Bucks pacers game is uh, the Pacers, as they go into the playoffs – without Victor Oladipo, are going to find this a really hard grind to get through in the playoffs because there's just too much talent in the East. And we didn't think we were going to say that at the beginning of the year. That's right. That's right. But as you take a look at the way the East is shaped up with Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto, I don't see Indiana getting through that juggernaut. So my son in the car last night is talking about King James and Michael Jordan because this week... Uh, LeBron passed Michael's scoring. Right. He said, Dad, who was the best? Who is the best? And I said, son, you can go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth on this. Numbers, how long it took somebody to do something, how long they played, back and forth, back and forth. I said, here's my two cents. Michael Jordan has three home runs in minor league baseball. LeBron does not. Next question. Okay, so LeBron comes straight out of high school mm-hmm. and goes into the NBA. Michael Jordan played three years at North Carolina. Michael Jordan took two years off in the middle of his NBA career to go play minor league baseball. Came back, won three more championships mm-hmm. with the Bulls. Then he took about three years off as an executive with the Washington Wizards. Came back. And still had nights where he could score 50 for the Wizards. If baseball people always talk about Ted Williams, if Ted Williams didn't go to war, how many hits would he have had in his career? Mm -hmm. Well, with Michael Jordan, if Michael Jordan hadn't taken two years off to go play baseball, three years off as an executive, and had he come straight out of high school and had a little more preservation of his body and not beaten it up for three years in college, how good, how many points would Michael Jordan have played? Mm-hmm. They're all theoretical arguments. They're both great players. Yes. And, and the thing about LeBron, and, and I'll give LeBron actually more props about this than Michael, is 
think LeBron has been more active in the in the world and in the community at large. What he's done with this high school in Cleveland or in Akron, uh, basically funding this high school and funding scholarships for these kids right. is absolutely amazing. And you can't take away from his basketball abilities at all either. Now, from a scoring average, Michael's clearly better. Three points a game. I think Michael, though, on those Bulls teams, had far more around him in many of the years that he played than LeBron has had. I would also say, in defense of Michael, maybe he did stuff we didn't know about because we didn't have access to social media and internets and smartphones following him every step. Well, and that could well be. And, and you know, isn't that what we're called to do? Is our almsgiving is supposed to be somewhat in secret? Yes, yes. I also told uh, my son, I cannot name another player since Michael Jordan where we all stopped and planned our evening around watching him play. You know, Kobe like, would be the closest thing. Yeah, but I, I didn't. Michael is my only uh evidence of that like we debbie and i would stop let's watch the game tonight let's watch the game this afternoon the problem for kobe is that he played for the lakers out on the west coast yeah so we wouldn't and, see and those you're, games. you're a morning dj yeah you're not gonna not you're not staying up or nine yeah no. no yeah that's a fun one that's a fun one for the ages going back and forth on well, that well it's funny uh i i've got a young friend tristan who i used to cover down at warsaw and he tweeted out the other night, nobody could be as dominant as Shaquille O'Neal in his prime. Mm-hmm. And I replied, Wilt Chamberlain, not even close. <laughs> I saw that. And then he, and, and you know, fortunately he took it in the spirit it was meant. And he went and looked up the numbers on Wilt Chamberlain and his jaw just completely dropped. <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain for his career averaged 30 points and 22 rebounds a game. Who are the uh, top three that are left for him to surpass? On the scoring chart? Yeah. I think it's I think it's Kareem, Kobe, Carl Malone. Oh, yeah. Okay. The Mailman. Big Black Ten Hawks. tournament starts tonight All right, let's over at the that. Compton Family Ice Arena. Notre Dame taking on Michigan State. Jeff Jackson's team... A lot of people think they need to win the Big Ten tournament to get in the NCAA tournament. Hockey, you know how basketball has uh, the RPI rankings and strength of schedule? Yes. And uh, lots of times in football, they they used to do computer rankings to decide who got into the playoffs. Hockey has something called the parawise rankings. Parawise. It's just the formula that they use, but that's their computer ranking. And Notre Dame currently stands 15th in the pairwise rankings, which you sit there and you say, oh, well, there's 16 teams in the tournament. They should be fine, except for the fact that there are some conferences whose champions get into the NCAA tournament, whose conference champions are below Notre Dame on the pairwise schedule, but because they're a conference champion, they get in the NCAA tournament. So Notre Dame can't afford to have any upsets happen in the conference tournament unless they're the team upsetting somebody. Okay. So Jeff Jackson's team hopes to make a serious bid to get back in the NCAA tournament. That begins tonight at the Compton Family Ice Arena against longtime rival Michigan State. 
Then the Blackhawks got a win last night. They outskate Buffalo 5-4 in a shootout. I still think their playoff hopes are slim because of that horrendous start that they had. Uh, they had a rough West Coast trip, too. They lost to the Kings, who were dreadful. Um, but who knows? Maybe the Hawks can get it together here for the last 15 games or so of the season. The Red Wings have been out of it since Christmas. so But we've put their scores up there anyway, and they beat the Rangers by a count of 3-2. to two. You were under the weather, so I was watching our uh, compadre, Sean Styers at the press conference uh, for Notre Dame football. Yeah. And uh, Coach Long was talking about um, telling, is it Yurkovic? Phil Jerkovic. Jerkovic. Mm-hmm. Telling him, going, earmuffs, cover your ears, because I'm going to say some things to Ian Book that I don't want you to know about. Right. And I tweeted to uh, Sean, why is that? And he kind of gave me the same answer that you talked about, I think, on Monday, where Ian needs to take more chances and risks. Right. And they want him to do it, not the young buck to do it. Right. And uh, It's I the thought, difference between a senior and a sophomore. Yeah. And I thought, well, what if this kid actually does take chances if he gets put in the game and they work? You know? If they work, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But the problem the problem is your coach is supposed to know what he thinks will work for you and what won't. For instance, and I, I think this is what makes a good leader in any kind of business. Look, if I look at your talents, okay, and I look at our afternoon guy, Tim Michaels, and his talents, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you to do different things than I'm going to ask him to do. Yes. And I'm... I'm going to try to play to each person's strengths. Well, that's the same thing with coaching these two quarterbacks. So Chip Long is going to ask Ian Book to do different things than he's going to ask Phil Jerkovic because he's going to try to play to each player's strengths. What have you heard about Phil? Like, what is he bringing to this team? Well, he, he's got a strong arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is his mechanics. Whenever I've seen him throw, I'm just – I. I'm surprised that the ball can travel as far as it does because he does not have, in my mind, a good throwing motion. But I take a look at what has come out of the Irish camp so far in terms of the offense, and and both coordinators spoke yesterday, Chip Long and Clark Lee. Chip Long raved about the work done by this team in the weight room. This is the second year in a row we've heard this under Matt Bayless, the new strength and conditioning coach. The transformation of bodies in the weight room. And I think one area you'll see it, and it's not an area we typically think about guys working in the weight room, but the wide receiving core. Hmm. Because they've got they've got a young man by the name of Braden Lindsay, who is a sophomore now. He came in here about 160, 170 pounds. Well, you play college football, Division One college football, at 160, 170 pounds, you will be broken in half. <laughs> Okay, it's going to happen. Okay. So he had he has terrific speed, but they didn't want to put him on the field because they wanted to be able to use him for four years, not four, uh, four minutes. And so Lindsey has gone in the weight room. He's worked. He's gotten stronger, bulked up, but maintained his speed. Okay. And now they feel like this year he can finally be a weapon. In fact, uh, Chip Long said yesterday he's been the best wide receiver in practice so far. Now, it's three practices. There hasn't been a whole lot of hitting, but Braden Lindsay has really been the standout. And the Irish, that's something that was missing from the repertoire last year, was somebody who could really be a deep threat and get separation 
where you could just throw that home run ball. You had it, remember, when they had Will Fuller? Remember that? Yeah. Will Fuller was a guy that could just blaze past people, throw it up deep. If you're on target, it's going to be six. Yeah. You need that now and then to stretch a defense so you can get those other underneath routes open. Uh, Another guy that really has done a good job in the weight room is Tommy Kramer on the offensive line. Now, he's 6'6", 319, but now it's more of a lean, muscular 319 as opposed to the the baby fat 319. Okay. And so they feel like he'll be a step quicker, which that's all you need to be as an offensive lineman is just one step quicker. Get into your man a little quicker, and you can help open up some holes. They feel like between him and Robert Hainsey, uh, they've got a couple of very promising offensive linemen right there. Jerry Tillery, from all accounts, had a tremendous NFL combine and was the number one ranked defensive lineman at the combine. Okay. The question on Jerry Tillery has always been, and, and I think this is a great question to have about you, he is such a well-rounded individual with so many different interests. People have always wondered, well, can he put football first? Can he focus enough on football to be a true professional football player? Okay. Well, if I were Jerry Tillery, I would answer the question like this. I wasn't getting paid before (laughs) to put football first. Yes, I was getting a scholarship, but I wasn't being paid to put football first. How much would you like to pay me to put football first? Miles Boykin had a really good combine. He ran the 40 in something like 4-4-2, uh, just blazed down there at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. So Tillery and Boykin both helped their draft stock tremendously, and as did Drew Tranquil. Sports Jack! Hall of Fame pitcher, very sad story. Unfortunately, it's a situation that uh, that many people uh, with elderly parents might have to deal with. Tom Seaver is currently suffering from dementia. 74 years old, former great pitcher with the Mets, Reds, White Sox, and then closed out his career with the Red Sox. A 300-game winner, Hall of Famer, went into the Hall of Fame with 98.5% of the vote. That's how well-respected he was on the first ballot. In 1969, when I started to hate him because he was a Met and won 25 games and the Mets soared past the Cubs to win the division, Um, he won 25 games that year in the National League Cy Young Award. Then he would later throw a no-hitter for the Reds. Uh, he threw a uh, His 300th win came as a member of the White Sox. And just uh, a terrific cerebral pitcher who uh, he had a great fastball, came out of USC. Atlanta had selected him first out of USC. But in those days, the rule in baseball was you couldn't select a college player if their season had started already. And USC had already played some exhibition games against major league teams that had come down for spring training. Okay. And so the commissioner of baseball at that time, William Eckert, said, Seaver is not eligible for the draft. And now that you've you know, put his name out there, we're going to have a lottery among teams. And blind bid's highest bidder will get him. Hmm. Well, the Mets were the highest bidder. He became the Rookie of the Year in 1967 and started a a brilliant career. 
Says he's retiring from public life. He'll continue to work at his winery out there in California, and, and we wish him well. My grandmother passed away with dementia, and there's nothing harder than being around someone that you've spent a majority of your lifetime with, and they just don't know who you are. Uh, she would often get angry because I was in her room, and she didn't know who I was. Uh, she would forget that she put things in uh, dresser drawers. Uh she would uh, constantly tell me that um, the staff was stealing from her. She loved Mountain Dew, and she would drink it, and then she'd throw away the can. She'd go to get another one, and someone took a can of hers. You know, right. She would forget uh, quickly. So that was that's, that was a rough couple of years there before she passed. Mm. What What's really sad for Seaver is this will be the 50th anniversary year of those 1969 Mets, and there's a lot of ceremonies oh, yeah. being planned. and. And basically, I think this was him and his family's way of saying, well, this is why Tom yeah. won't be attending the ceremonies. And and it's sad it's sad for the guys who played with him on those teams, too, because there are a lot of great memories that they have of him as their teammate, and they won't be able to share those. With How old him. is he? 74. Yeah, so that's, there's, there's a lot of life to be lived. Yeah. Yeah. Mick Jagger, 74. Sammy Hagar, 72. You know, Steve Perry, 71. The fact that Mick Jagger still tours at the age of 74. Paul give McCartney, it, Given the life that yeah. he has lived. Wow, Keith Richards. <laughs> still. He's been embalmed since yeah. 1975. I think, I think he's the origin of this whole, you know, getting baby blood to keep you younger or something. Uh, this is in the Indianapolis Star today. Uh, my former boss, Art Angotti, passed away on Wednesday. But it's a great article about how this is the guy that almost brought Major League Baseball to Indianapolis, the Indianapolis Arrows. I was never aware of this story. Until, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he used to have a big old World Series ring that he would wear, and I asked him one time where he got that from. He was the accountant for the uh, Oakland Athletics when they won. And then uh, down in Indianapolis, which was where he was from, he wanted to bring a team in. And it was, I believe it was supposed to be the Minnesota Twins. Yes. So, they sold 12,000 season tickets at $50, uh, brought in Harry Carey to speak at a big rally, and and all points, they were like, okay, we're going to bring him here, and then it, it kind of kind of fizzled. I don't, I don't know why. I, didn't, I don't remember if I read why it fizzled. It just maybe not enough people on board. Yeah, I'm not, I didn't read the whole article. I, I saw um, fascinating stuff about the fact that he was a uh, – Quarterback at Gary Mann High School, home of the Horsemen. Uh, my former co-anchor at uh, WNDU, Anquanette Jamison. Oh, okay. Um, was a Gary Mann Horseman. Okay. Uh, and he was a state champion in the mile. Went to IU on a track scholarship. As you mentioned, huge Indiana huge. University fan. Mm-hmm. Probably somewhat responsible for our mutual friend Jeremy Gray having some employment down there mm-hmm. not that jeremy's not a talented fellow and can work it on his own but it doesn't help to doesn't hurt to have a booster like art yeah at one time he owned 20 stations in indiana and uh that's dwindled down you know some would say broadcasting isn't the smartest uh uh investment investment these days but his son is now ahead of that uh, company arthur and uh but yeah and, and chuck asked me earlier this morning on our other morning show what it was like to work for him and he was Treated me like a rock star, but, I mean, he, you know, it was a revolving door at U93 back in, well, I, actually, I've heard it still is. Yeah, <laughs> it is. You know, but, uh, 
Yeah, he was a good guy to me. I got some great stories about him, but uh, he'll be laid to rest on Monday. Also want to pay tribute to uh, another individual who passed away just this morning, and that's Denny Kraft, the former sports editor at the Elkhart Truth. When I was 11 years old, I handwrote a resume and sent it to the Elkhart Truth because they were looking for a part-time sports writer. And I wanted to go cover games on Friday nights. And Now, how did you find out about that? Did your dad tell you? or It, did was, you... it was in the classified ads of the papers. And Some, at 11, you're reading that? Well, somebody somebody pointed out that they there was an ad in the paper for a part-time sports writer. And I thought, well, there you go. I'm certainly qualified. I'm 11. A handwritten letter. Hand, uh, Do you have you a know, copy of that? Uh, he does. He did. He really? kept it. For all these years. And, uh, in fact, when when he finally did hire me when I was in college, he opened up his drawer and showed me that he had kept this wow two-page resume and cover letter that I... Do you remember anything about, like, what you wrote in there? Uh, I said, I know there will be a question of how I can get to the games, but my mom said that she will drive me. <laughs> What were some of your, like, this is why I am the young man for the job. Do you remember, like, just your love of sports? Yeah, that that had to be it. My mom will make sure I get there. Oh, man, I'd love to see that letter. Yeah. And so did he, did he retire? Well, he retired many years ago. Uh, Denny was 89 here at his oh, passing. Okay. Uh, Denny came from a family of fast-pitch softball players in Mishawaka. He was big into bowling, and for years, the Elkhart Truth sponsored a bowling event called the Truth Roll-Off, which basically Denny single-handedly ran. Mm-hmm. And so he had he had a column, uh, gosh, what was the name of the bowling column that he had? He had a bowling column that ran every week in the Elkhart Truth. And then he and uh, Woody Miller over at the South Bend Tribune did a similar uh, thing usually during the week where they would pick high school basketball games. Denny's was called Sports Den. Woody's was called Woody's Weekly Winners. Okay. And uh, they would go through and and pick the winners of the local high school games. It was always kind of fun to follow along and see how they did. Was it balls and pins? No. No. Stay in your lane. No, no, I I should text I should text my buddy Bill back here while we're while we're doing the show. Yeah, and uh, find out what Denny's high bowling. quality local trivia. What was the name mm. of Denny's bowling? But uh, but Denny, uh, gosh, I I could tell Denny Craft stories for a long time on here. Denny would also cover every Notre Dame football. And Notre Dame basketball home game that there was. And he continued to be a fixture at those until finally his health deteriorated away to the point that he just couldn't go anymore. What was it like working for him? He was an easy man to work for. Yeah. Easy, likable. Um, and he hired you out of college, did you say? He, final frame. Final frame. The final frame. Was Denny's bowling. Column. Okay. 
Uh, he hired me while I was in college. I okay. would work at the Elkhart Truth in the summers. At the time, the Truth was an afternoon newspaper, okay. just like the South Bend Tribune used to be. So I would go in at 6 in the morning. We would we would work until 9 or 9.30 to get the paper down to the print room, all laid out and everything. Uh, lots of times my duties were to type in the bowling scores that came in overnight or the softball results. Basically, the stuff that you see on what's called the agate page. Okay. Um, occasionally, I would have a game to go cover or a feature to go do. Um, Let me ask you this. One thing he taught you as being like a mentor to you, your boss to you, something that you remember to this day that he said, Chuck, you might want to think about this when you're in this field. Go easy, especially because you're in print. Go more praise than criticism. More praise than criticism. Okay. Because whatever you write is there for eternity. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do remember now two stories I remember about Denny. He loved covering the Central versus Memorial Games, whether it was the battle for the Mangy Lion or the battle for the Longfellow Trophy. He, he loved covering those games because... They were the one event every year where you knew Rice Field was going to be full or Northside Gym was going to be full. <laughs> well, one one year, and I forget what year it was, both Central and Memorial were dreadful in basketball. And the game was at the end of the year back then. Mm-hmm. So Central's maybe 4-14, and 14, Memorial's maybe 3-15. and 15. Here's his lead for the game preview story. Central versus Memorial. Central versus Memorial. It's showdown time. Because in his mind, it was. Yes. Never from you know, <laughs> the literal throw out the records because they both like to. <laughs> hey, quick movie review. Captain Marvel is literally a one-time only movie. If you're bored, go ahead and watch it. It fills in some of the blanks for the Marvel Universe. They flipped the switch on a major, huge 50-year storyline it's kind of they're saying it's a game changer it kind of is because of what they've done in this movie but it it feels kind of like oh okay shrug it didn't do much for you no no but uh, but i do like that brie larson i'll say that out loud it's not one that you're going to run back and go watch i will not other than for the reason to go see brie larson yeah it is friday and it's time for chuck freebie's sports casters camp Lesson number two. Oh, wow. What do you have for us today? Someone who's thinking about the profession, someone who might be dabbling with it, someone in the elementary, middle, or high school that might hear about this, and they want to know from the Hall of Famer, the local legend, the guy who's still doing it day after day, what lesson could you provide for us? For every five minutes that you are doing a game, uh, maybe that's too much of a ratio, for every 15 minutes that you're doing a game, you're going to have to spend an hour in preparation. For every 15 minutes that you are broadcasting a game, so for example, a high school basketball game on television for you, what's the duration? About an hour and a half. Hour and a half. So you break that down into 15-minute increments. That's about six hours of preparation. Six hours of pregame of... 
go and so what will that consist of? Tracking down rosters and stats, looking up information on players, going to practices, talking to coaches, finding out about the teams, so that you are well versed in what is going to happen before it happens. Let's say I'm a first-time broadcaster, and I'm going to be with you doing one of these games, and you send me to, say, Chesterton. Mm -hmm. Help me introduce myself to the coach in the first meeting. Well, see, what I do with, what I did in the case of Chesterton this week is I sent an email to the coach, mm -hmm. and I said, Mark, congratulations on the sectional. I'm sure it's an exciting time at Chesterton, considering they haven't. So you show that you've got a little knowledge right off the bat that you're not just flying into this blind. Then you say, could you please send me, in order that I can do a better telecast, could you please send me your roster, your updated stats, and your starting lineup? Also, we put together a graphic of keys to win. Could you give me three keys to win? And then in parentheses, I always put, Scoring more points than the other team while 100% effective is not allowed to be a key to win. Okay. So a little bit of my sense of humor comes out, but I also don't need smart aleck responses. I need authentic yes. keys to win. Final thing I said is, would there be a time this week that I could use 15 minutes of your time to learn more about your team? Okay. All Which happened to be over the phone this Which time. Which happened to be over the phone. Mm -hmm. He was very good about it, sent me everything back in one fell swoop, said, here's my phone number, what would be a good time for you? We kind of hashed that out, and then I called him on the phone. I called, I called him one minute earlier than I said I would call him, rather than one minute later. Yeah. You're on time. You respect his time. He's a busy guy. He's prepping and, for a... And I kept... I, I had a stopwatch. 15 minutes. 15 minutes. I am not going... I told you I'm going to take 15 minutes. I'm not taking... If I come up less than 15 minutes, he's not going to mind that. Okay. If I go more than 15 minutes, he's going to mind. All right. So back to rule number two. For every 15 minutes of your broadcast, one hour of preparation. Right. Okay. For a baseball game... That's a lot of preparation. Yeah, so how long was a Notre Dame baseball game just last season? Typically, three hours. Three hours. So all, 12 hours of prep. All week now, long. Now, that 12 hours of prep is likely going to actually get me through three games. Because they're playing the same team. Because they're playing the same team. Okay. But then what I have to do on the air is parse that out. Okay. I'm not going to use everything in game one of the series. And... Uh, Dan Jenkins, great sports writer for Sports Illustrated who passed away last night at the age of 89. One of the great pieces of advice that he always gave to up-and-coming writers was don't force an anecdote into a story. You may have a great anecdote. It might be amusing to you. If it doesn't fit into the flow of the story, save it for another day. Hmm. And, and the same thing is true for the broadcast. I might have great facts or stories about players, but if they don't fit into the flow of the game, and, and quite frankly, if the flow of the game is back and forth and it's tight, you will hear less storytelling from me because the game doesn't need it. 
The game's strong enough by itself. Okay. You're doing the preparation for when you have a bad game, and you got to keep the viewer interested. Okay. We've gone above and beyond today, my oh friend. Oh, my gosh. Final words, Chuck Fribby. You got anything in you? Is your tank empty? Booga Luga. Sports Yak, the podcast. A yak, you know what that is? It's like a water buffalo and a and a, like a ugly guy. This is Jimmy Shorts, and you've been listening to Corey Mann and Chuck Freeby. Time to turn it off. Get on with your life. Get out of here. Until next time, sports fans. Sports Yak is on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. This is Jimmy Shorts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.